0: Right now, get up to 60% off your Babbel subscription at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. That's 60% off at Babbel.com slash BlueWire. Spelled B-A-B-B-E-L dot com slash BlueWire. Rules and restrictions apply. What is happening? Welcome to the Plus Pitch Podcast, your
1: morning pitching podcast from pitchless.com. My name is Nick Pollock. Today is March 8th, and yes, we are going to talk about baseball We have some interesting starts from yesterday. Some that got people excited, some that did not get people excited. We also have the WBC coming around, and that's going to be a little bit interesting um, as we have more pitchers, but not many pitchers that we're that excited about right now. Um, Also, keep in mind, for stuff on TV, kind of limited, um, and we'll talk about that in a moment. But let's talk about yesterday's game. So we had Valdez versus Carrasco, no velocity ratings, which is really unfortunate. Valdez seemed fine. Carrasco, I was really curious to see if he's still two to three ticks down, I don't know, three innings, one earned run, two Ks, okay, that seems alright, but we don't know about velocity yet, so really just stay tuned for that one, Kyle Harrison got rocked for five earned runs, that is a prospect for the Giants, um, he threw a lot of strikes zone, and one of my biggest concerns about Kyle Harrison has been the walk rate, uh, and that was just one walk, I believe, he also had to get removed in two innings, um, he just got hit that badly, so... Actually, it was one of them, I should say. He was the first and came back for the second. But yeah, Cal Harrison is uh, someone to keep in mind for later in the season when the Giants do bring him up. But yeah, not great here. Graham Ashcraft, no velocity readings, three innings, two runs, one walk, two Ks. My understanding is that it's the same Graham Ashcraft, and I'm not really encouraged by this. Two Ks and three innings. That's kind of his ML. Tanner Houck went three innings, two earned runs, two walks, four Ks. He looks like he does have an opportunity for the Red Sox out of the gate with Garrett Whitlock um, and Brian Bayo and James Paxton, all likely missing that opening day pass of the rotation. But I think he's too much of a cherry bomb, and I'm not going to lean on, on that. Adrian Sampson is apparently fired up to try and win the SP5 spot, but he went 2.2 innings and six earned runs. Not going to happen. Wesneski, let's go. Corbin Burns is scaring me. Three innings, two in runs, one walk, zero Ks. And I think I'm actually going to put Garrett Cole as my SP number one when I update the list next week. I feel like Corbin Burns, I don't know. It's not as much of a lock, I think, as Garrett Cole is. His stuff is still amazing. Garrett Cole, winning ball club, all of that. And I, uh, yeah, I think Corbin Burns, I don't know. If you remember last year, he was struggling a little bit. PLV doesn't like him because he doesn't have a high zone rate and a couple other things. It just it all feels a little weird, and I'm going to be putting Corbin Burns, I think, at SB number two next year, next week. I know, shocking. Lance Lynn, four innings, zero runs, one walk, five Ks. He looks like he's himself, and I'm going to be raising him in my uh, my marks. He's going to be inside the top thirty um, in the list. I'm a big fan of Lance Lynn right now. Matthew Boyd, oh boy, Boyd boys, let's go! Seven strikeouts in three innings for Matthew Boyd. His velocity is back to 92.5. He had nine total whiffs, 30% swing strike rate on both the changeup and the slider. Secondaries are located down. It feels like Boyd is ready to be the strikeout arm of 25% or so that he had before. It feels like it. Is it actually going to happen? Well, there's no bouncy ball now. Detroit, yeah, it is a better park for hitters now, but it's not this extreme one. I think it was still outside the top 20 for hitters parks, even with the wall changes. That's Derek Cardi's prediction or projection for this year, I should say. Matthew Boyd is a very sneaky sleeper right now. He's just getting ignored everywhere. Mm, Someone to consider there. Yusei Kikuchi also is someone I did not expect to be interested in, but I am. Something is up here. Another 20% swing strike rate game for him. His changeup is up to f- is up 440 RPM, so it's a new changeup. Fast has some things about the stuff being completely different in his arsenal. And guess what? He plays for a heavy-hitting ball club who's going to get the number 5 starter for Kansas City in Game 5 of the year. Inside of Kansas City, facing that lineup is Yusei Kikuchi. I feel like that is the sneakiest win... You can go for first game of the year. Yusei Kikuchi all of a sudden is inside my top 100 because of this. I know. Kind of crazy. But anyway, uh, R- Ricky Tetterman. I, <laughs> I typed it out as Tiki Redman. Yep, that's Nick Pollock in the flesh. Uh, is still the truth. He's amazing. Um, 24 pitches thrown in. Sure, he didn't allow 0 runs this time. 97 miles per hour. Ricky Tedeman, when he does come up, uh Tiedemann is really what it is. I keep saying Tedeman for some reason. Uh Tiki Riedeman is gonna be great when he does get those opportunities, but it's gonna be a while. The Jays are gonna slow him down, so wait until like June or so. Uh Mitch Keller. So there's been a lot of talk about him. Um three innings, three K zero to run soon. You would think, okay, this is great. Well he just faced Bo Bichette and Varsho not really much else with the Jays. He's getting such uh, such a low amount of whiffs. Um His fastball velocity is still like a 96, which is good. I didn't like his command overall here. The cutter is just a strike pitch. So if it's a strike pitch, that's fine. Then have four seamers up and then lots of sliders that sweep her down. We didn't really see it. So maybe this is something we're waiting for as we continue on in the spring. It's nice to have a cutter that you can get strikes with. He went eight for 10. That's really good. But I want to see it properly done with a three-pitch mix of four seamers up cutters for strikes and then that big sweeper missing bats the sweeper is a huge stuff plus in plv darling so i i really hope that it uh that it works out um grayson rodriguez just two pitches in this one um fastball change which is kind of weird because i know he has a really good breaking ball and i really want to see that but without that he didn't get as many whiffs only six in this one um so about like a 10 to 12 percent swing strike rate his so velocity is still there He's, uh, you know, I imagine he's just kind of working with his uh, with his command and his arsenal. Um, don't worry about it. I'm still very much in on Grayson Rodriguez. Now, Kenton Maeda had four walks in his game. Obviously, that's not good. Looking at what he did, it was mostly splitters and sliders, really a ton of sliders, very few fastballs. It felt like a start where he was just trying to get uh, or experiment with a slider really get that feel back. I mean, that's traditionally a thing that happens when you come back with Tommy John is that you're trying to get the feel back for your secondaries. Last right, that's the last thing it comes back. So I understand it. I'm not too concerned for the long haul here. I'm not thinking like, oh no, Kenta Maeda four walks, he's like arm trouble, all that kind of stuff. I just think it was a day to focus on slider. So keep an eye on Kenta Maeda in this way. Don't just rule him out because of this four walk game. Bailey Falter three K's and 2.1 innings, one run. That's his job now. Andrew Painter, they're not as you know, no damage was found, but they're being really concerned or. Uh, cautious is the word I'm looking for on Andrew Painter. So imagine him around July or June or something like that. Not out of the gate. Uh, Luis Patino, 29 pitches, 1.2 innings, two walks there. Yep, I don't care. <laughs> He's throwing a harder slider, which is cool. But yeah, Luis Patino, to me, does he get those starts for the Rays? If he does, it's like three, four innings. It's just uh, too much of a headache. Mackenzie Gore pitched. It was all right. Command isn't really there. Nothing overpowering. I wanted to really be impressed by Mackenzie Gore, and I wasn't. Uh, So we're going to wait on Mackenzie Gore, especially considering his situation with the Nationals. Um, And we have a lot more that I actually do want to talk about, but we have to first take a quick break. Eric Cabrera was opposite of Mackenzie Gore. He still cannot locate four-seamers. It's hilarious to me. The change in curve is still good, and he did well. Three innings, one walk, two Ks, 44 pitches. But I just feel so weird chasing this when clearly he's going to be walking a lot of guys. Like, I feel like it's a 9%, 10% walk rate from Edward Cabrera, which also means he's not going to go six, seven innings often. He's going to be a lot of five and dives, I think, for Edward Cabrera. Worst defense, not a winning ball club. It just feels like not the one to go for uh, in Edward Cabrera. I could be very wrong about that. If something all of a sudden, you know, the the switch gets flicked on the four-seamer, then maybe that couldn't be a, a major thing. But right now it just feels not finished. Uh, shintaro fujinami speaking of not finished he's a cherry bomb uh he is going to have tons of walk issues this year three innings pitch two walks in three k's velocity is 96 the splitter should miss bats the slider should miss bats but it's not well spotted it feels like someone who's just kind of chucking as opposed to really articulating an at-bat and debilitating or uh deconstructing hitters and that's not cool, <laughs> especially when you throw in the fact that he throws for Oakland and will get very few wins. Uh, J.P. Sears followed for 60 pitches, and it does feel like he actually might have the number five spot with the wall that Chuck's struggling. Uh, three innings, 200 runs, one walk, three Ks. That might be a very sneaky Toby, uh, especially in deeper leagues. A.O. only's Sears may be worthwhile if he can hover like a four year array and a 120 whip or so. Something to think about there. Um, two more or three more pitchers from yesterday. Zach Gallon. Oh boy. He got rocked. Two innings, four and in runs, four walks, one K. Uh oof. his fastball was down two ticks. Now keep in mind last year he was delayed with a shoulder uh stiffness, right? And he I think it was about a week or so that Gallon was held back, like one pass of the rotation, and then he was dominant. So don't get too worked up about this. It probably is something he's uh, building up to and he just isn't quite there yet. One interesting thing about this, I mean, the, the secondaries have had a ton of low lock as they normally do, which is good. Change ups were down, curveballs were down. His four seamers are typically low as well and yet he elevated in this one. And I wonder if that's actually intent. Uh, I wonder if Brent Strom's like, hey, you should be elevating this four seamer, especially for the separation of four seamer and secondary stuff that you have. So that actually might be by design. And I wonder if that actually unlocks something new for Zach Gallant. I don't know. And I'm saying something positive in this four-walk game. Maybe that was just his command not being good enough. Uh, well, I'm curious. I want to follow this. He does not lower in my rankings because of it. Uh, the Padres also had two guys that I want to talk about. Uh, first there is Adrian Morejon who got rocked a bit. And the reason I'm saying that more is because I've been really curious who's going to get the SP six for the Padres and if Morejon isn't dominating, I feel like it's going to be Julio on. So blah, there, um, Seth Lugo though, 3.1 innings, five Ks, zero earned runs. Now, not a strong angels lineup as Twitch chat reminded us it was pretty much just Taylor Ward and nobody else. Um, Brad Phillips in there and Joe Adele, but Joe Adele looked stupid and I'm really out on Joe Adele because I think his swing decisions were bad last year and they're still bad. Seth Lugo's fastball still misses bats. It's really, really hard against the lefties. He does such good front hip stuff with that. And his slider looked good. Curveball looked good against righties. Um, I think there's still some slight pitch choices that can be improved upon against right-handers. That is using the sinker inside of back backdoor as much and then staying inside against lefties with it. But what do I know? Um, I think Seth Lugo is actually in a really good spot. And uh, I've been harping on this a lot this offseason, especially with Musgrove out for a little bit. Lugo and Martinez playing for the Padres is such a good thing. They will rely on innings for them. Um, they They already wanted to have essentially a six man to help out Snell, Darvish, and Musgrove through the year. And it allows them to get a ton of wins where I don't think these guys are like 4.5 ERA pitchers. I think they're actually, like could easily both be under 4 ERA, could both be under a 120 whip and have a strikeout rate comfortably above 20%. Um, something even like hovering or flirting with 25%, both of them. And that's really sneaky. These are guys that are just not getting touched in drafts. Um, so Seth Lugo and Nick Martinez especially in any sort of best ball or in uh, NL only's uh, deep 15 team or stuff like that. Seth Lugo and Nick Martinez are very, very interesting pitchers that I am um, focused heavily on in this spring. All right, looking forward to today's games. What am I going to be looking out for? Well, we have WBC stuff, but it's really just Jaime Berea. and I don't care about Jaime Berea. So uh, Jake Woodford, otherwise known as the Amish Mustang, uh, is going against Garrett Cole. Garrett Cole is the one that matters there, of course. Just to make sure he's all good. Chad Cole is interesting, but not interesting enough. I still think he's just not good. Edward, Eduardo Rodriguez, if he is throwing 93 miles per hour still, I am, he's on that extra sleeper list that I'm going to be putting out, uh, I think, next week. Um, we have Vince Velasquez and Kyle Gibson starting um, against each other. Kyle Gibson is just getting a lot of whiffs on the slider. I think we'll look for reports on that. It's on TV. Well, Vince Velasquez, we don't care um alec no i want to see slider whiffs and i want to see a sinker working well against right handers and not falling into the middle of the plate while bailey ober i mean is he good <laughs> uh four seamers up and i want to see a good slider down uh, that'd be really really cool if he has that chase silseth is trying to get the number six for the angels i think it's going to be griffin canning at this point um and then you have davis for the uh for the rockies do not care there i don't think Sil silseth i can say his name is going to do well uh, Luke Weaver against Brent Honeywell. Kind of interesting with Honeywell. If Honeywell is just unbelievable, then maybe it works out. that He gets number six, but I highly doubt that. Um, and Luke Weaver... Uh, Luke Weaver, man. He's such a cool dude. But foreseeing or changeup is what he's trying to do. And then cutters for strikes is the other thing. And we'll see what happens there. Uh, Logan Gilbert uh, has a new splitter, apparently. And he didn't really do well in his first start. I want to see him recover here. And I'm su- super curious to see how he performs. Uh, while Michael Grove is also one of those sleepers because... The Dodgers will need an SP6, and I think Michael Grove is the SP6 right now. Ahead of Pipillo, Um, you have Gavin Stone and Bobby Miller, but I think the Dodgers won't be super aggressive with them. And considering everyone inside that rotation, save for Urias, has had injury problems through their career, Michael Grove, I feel like, will get opportunities early in the season. I've heard good things about him, better velocity and better breaking balls, and I'm really curious to watch it uh tomorrow morning so definitely check out michael grove and see how many innings he goes to is he fully stretched out as well it's gonna be interesting you have dylan cease and brad keller Uh, brad keller obviously we don't care about him but dylan cease how many walks does he have all right cool uh christian javier is actually pitching for the dominican republic um that should be really fun uh as he goes against atlanta uh i don't really expect there to be anything new there it should be fun uh justin Steele is pitching for the cubs against canada uh, as long as his fastball is getting whiffs up in the zone, I'd be interested, but I don't really think it's going to happen. It's a really good slider and then not much else in my view. Kyle Muller is going against Columbia. Uh, I don't think Muller has the spot after his last start, but maybe he recovers and does really well. I think it's going to be JP Sears at this point, but we'll see. And Zach Plesak is going against Mexico. Plesak is trying to make sure that he has a number five spot. All signs are yes at this point. So, um, that should, uh, be a thing for him. Uh, But, you know, if he like screws up massively, then maybe uh, Gavin Williams all of a sudden takes the spot as uh, Cody Morris is hurt at the moment. Um, Adrian Hauser, don't care against Great Britain. Uh, Yeah, I'm not seeing anyone else. Max Scherzer is going against Nicaragua uh, and JC Ramirez, but I mean, he's going to be fine. Uh, Ranger Suarez is pitching for Venezuela. Uh, There's been some hype about him because essentially after May ranger suarez was much better last year i am still just like it's it's a toby at best for ranger suarez i have no interest there um brandon bylak i actually got to see him in uh in florida and i have no interest braxton garrett's going against israel and tony escafani is going against the u.s um garrett i don't think has a spot in the rotation right now for miami Uh, i and I don't really think he has too much to offer. I mean, sometimes the slider can be really good, but I want to be really w- w- looking out for that one. While well, Tony Disco did really well in his first start, and I feel like he's the SP6 at the moment for the Giants. on uh, For a team that has had injury problems with Alex Cobb and Alex Wood and Logan Webb, um, it's possible, he, and Sean has been injured in the past two, it's possible we see Tony Disco get innings early in the year. And if he's still looking good with that slider and fastball, that might be something for us to monitor as well as the SP6 there. But all right, that is it for today's episode of the Plus Pitch Podcast. Make sure you rate and review us. Uh, it goes a long way for us. And check out PL Pro to help out with your drafts. So go to pitchlist.com slash premium to find out all the details of what we offer. Um, but that is it for today. So my name is Nick Pollock. And may your badminton be low and your strikeouts high.